Welcome back to Money Mindfulness, brought to you by PPS. I'm Ayanda Siboni, Group Executive for Brand, Marketing and Communications at PPS. I'm in conversation with Louis Faree, economist, author and serial entrepreneur. And today we'll be dealing with financial freedom. This is a topic many speak of, but few know how to set themselves up for it. Louis, in our first episode, we spoke about our relationship with money. You said money is a character test. You learn most about people in the absence of money and in the presence of money. Continuing with this theme, I'm keen to hear your views on a subject that many talented professionals ponder. Is being wealthy not the ultimate aim if you want to be financially free? Ayanda, I think it's personal and you, your choice of what you aim for in life is, uh, is absolutely your prerogative. Nothing wrong if you want to, uh, to aim high in life and you want to aim for wealth as long as you don't do silly things to attain it. We come from a long history of fear and hardship and scarcity and so on, so no wonder wealth is uh, romanticized out there. Just if you do, if you aim for wealth as a, as a sole type of goal, just remember that uh, st- striking gold involves some luck. So many wealthy people won't necessarily recognize the luck when they look back today. And it's not a casino type of luck, but a combination of five things. You know, when you crack that code of accumulating more money than you will ever need in your life, five things actually happen to you. The first important thing is you had a burning ambition to make a difference. Really wealthy people never aim to be wealthy. They aim to change the world in some form or way. The second important thing is they, uh, they had a great idea or a great skill, and that came together with their ambition. So only ambition is not good enough, you know, an idea and a skill that can be valuable to the real market out there is the second important thing. They had good timing on their side as well. Right place, right time. And uh, they have a very strong, normally they had a very strong complementary partnership going as well. Going alone in the, in the this quest of becoming wealthy is very lonely. And then the last thing after five is great execution. They implemented well. Many people were an inch away in life from building a next Apple or a Facebook or a Walmart, but they missed one of these five components and you don't know them today. I would recommend a parallel strategy. So aim for wealth if you want to aim for wealth, but the parallel strategy is one where you aim to not end poor in life or not to experience life as a place of poverty. That's something else, you know, it has to do with money as well. But it's not having more than enough um, for your lifetime. It's, uh, it's not ending up in poverty. It sounds quite boring to have a strategy like that. You can have both at the same time as well, aiming to shoot out the lights, but also aiming to not experience poverty. And the strategy there is a very simple one. You know, you establish method according to which you practice your finances. It's basic process. It's good habits. It's routine, structure. And I always believe, you know, extraordinary things uh, are rooted in ordinary things being done well. So many people who do financially fine in life followed process, and they all followed the same process. And through our series, we'll talk about that process as well. But that's not the same as uh, as trying to be wealthy. It's always an interesting question for me. If If you have to pose a question to talented people, if you're a fairy, you know, and you come into the room for one minute and you ask them, make one of two picks. Do you want to be wealthy? I'll give you a 50% odds of being wealthy. 
but I won't take the probability of poverty away now. Or I give you a choice of never being poor. So 50% odds of being wealthy or 100% odds of not being poor. Which one will you take? I've seen memes with people saying, I'm not sad, I'm just broke. Which brings me to my next question. Doesn't being rich make you happy? And unfortunately, I could never find any reliable research showing that uh, being wealthy, in other words, having more than enough, uh, makes you happier. Excess purchasing power buys excess, but not more happiness. There is a correlation between money and happiness, but only when you're very poor. So when money can buy out of misery and desperation, it really makes a big contribution to your personal happiness. But if you don't have basic necessities um, on your case every day and you don't miss basic comforts, you can send your kids to a good school, you live in a safe place, from that point onwards, you know, money cannot make a real difference to your inner happiness anymore. But we tend to believe there's a straight line that uh, the the bigger your income and the higher your uh, level of uh, assets you accumulate, the more your happiness will be. The breakdown of that correlation is very soon. And that's after you can pay for basic comforts. But many people strive forever to, to get this going. But there's a rapid decline in, the, in money's ability to touch your heart, so to speak. And, uh, a lot of money, you know, meaning excess wealth, a bit like a, st- a steam kettle sensation. There's a lot of movement and a lot of heat going on, very active, but uh, in the end it yields uh, vapor. How do you give structure to your financial affairs to empower your money decisions? I would make it very simple. I would use a basic accounting system as they teach us in our first year at school, you know, in accounting whenever we have it these days. And, uh, and build a, a simple spreadsheet around it. Remember last time in our first podcast we talked about the dashboard, that it's a very valuable thing to have when numbers speak back to you. There are only four things happening in your financial life as a, as a family or as an individual. There's a, a flow of income. There's an outflow of money taking place in your life. There are assets in your life, different types of assets. And there's debt in your life. So I'll, I'll thin slice those four components very well if I, if I could give you advice. To know exactly what's going on in your income side, what can happen still in the future as well, passive income, active income. Um, I would really make sure that I know where my money is going every month before it's going there. So in future, we'll talk about a budget, a simple thing like a budget, how empowering that can be as well. The different assets in your life, not all assets are created equal. Um, if you expect from one asset to stand in for the other asset down the line, you might be uh, unpleasantly surprised. You know? So to, to uh, slice up your assets in, 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 in logical portions, that's very important. And then debt. I think people should be very aware of what's going on in their the portfolio of debt, if they still have debt, short-term debt, long-term debt, expensive debt, what you pay really for the privilege of having debt, splitting principal and interest, you know, I think it's very important to know what's going on in that and not be blindsided by just say, oh, well, that's what I owe and look away from it. So four basic things, income, outflows, assets and debt. If you're on top of those four things, you know what's going on with your affairs. Now for my favorite part, the practical challenge. What practical challenge do you have for us for the next month? I think this month's challenge should be to, uh, to define as clearly as possible what your financial goals should be at this point in your life, wherever you are in your life at this point. To sit with an advisor 
to just think through this. You know, what are your goals? What should it be at this point where you are now in your life, given your financial condition? Thank you for listening. PPS is an authorized financial services provider and a licensed insurer.